Elizabeth Chapel, a lifelong entrepreneur who finally found my niche. After years of new ideas and jumping from business to business, I figured out how to turn a craft into a successful career. In 2016, I started a monthly subscription box for quilters. That little startup has grown into a thriving, multiple six-figure business that I am so proud of. As a published author, designer of fabrics and patterns being sold throughout the world, my favorite thing to do is to teach others how to grow a career of their dreams. Each week you'll hear from me or from other guests who are creative entrepreneurs, so you can learn exactly what to do and what not to do to grow a career that's more rewarding and successful than you ever thought possible. If you're ready to turn your craft into a career that you love, I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. Well, Sherry, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for being here. And for our listeners, would you just give a little introduction of who you are in the quilting world? Yes. uh, Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I have been involved in the quilting world, I guess, probably since about 2008 when I started my quilting blog, A Quilting Life. And really, I just started it just to kind of keep track of what I was sewing. And but back then, there weren't a ton of bloggers. And so it was really easy to connect with industry professionals through my blog. And so that just sort of led me down a path to designing uh, patterns and and eventually fabric for Moda and uh, everything that we're doing now. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of a nutshell version. I love it. Yeah, there's a lot to dive into there. And you have a working relationship with your daughter, Chelsea, is that right? Yes. Yeah. We actually designed the fabric together for Moda. So it's it's been really, really fun. That's also kind of been a journey because she didn't sew at all when we started. So, uh, but she was very artistic. And so I, I knew she could do it. I was hopeful that she would get into quilting as well, which she did. So I love that. I have a secret, not so secret, because I'm voicing it here. I would love for that to happen with my daughter eventually. And for now, she's like, absolutely not. But she's, you know, almost 16. I'm like, just wait till you're an adult and you realize that this is a really cool profession and maybe it'll happen. So I love seeing that with you too. Right. Yeah. And Chelsea was the same way when she was 16. I Mm-hmm. I tried to bribe her to take a quilting class and <laughs> <laughs> that they offered at her high school and she would not even take the bribe. So she was going to have nothing way. to do. <laughs> yeah. My mom quilted and I used her sewing machine and I was so frustrating. I was like, this is the worst. I don't want to do this. And now right. here I am. So <laughs> never yeah. say never. Right. So I remember years ago, we were chatting at a quilt market and... I somehow started chatting about your blog and you have gone to like, is it a pinners conference or some kind of conference where you learned about blogging and stuff? Is that right? Uh, Well, the first conference I went to, it was actually called Snap and Hmm. uh, it was, they're no longer holding this conference. In fact, I, I was just messaging with Amy Smart recently about how much we missed that conference but it really was for all types of bloggers, not just quilting bloggers. And they really brought in some great professionals 
from all over the country to teach about the legal aspects and about email and YouTube and video and blogging and search engine optimization, everything. So uh, thankfully, I learned about that and was able to learn about some of those things early on. Yeah, because I remember you talking about some of those things. And it was just in passing, like, oh, and this and this and this. I was like, whoa, I knew that you were a wealth of knowledge. Why don't I offer those conferences anymore? I'm sad about that. Yeah, my ad company, actually, I went to one of their conferences, right? It was fall of 2019. So uh, that was extremely beneficial, too. They they brought in just really well-known speakers from all over the country also. And it, it was just like everything I had experienced at SNAP, but on a larger level. Like so. what kind of speakers? What stuff did they talk about? Uh well, I'm, I'm like forgetting their names, but you you know the the couple in in Alabama that have the show on the, you know they're kind of rebuilding that town in southern Alabama on HGTV or I don't oh. think I do. I'm they trying to think those, someone home, hometown. I think it's called. Or, okay, wow. Anyway, they are they spoke? they're big. Star Erin Napier, I think is her. I don't know if I, that's how you pronounce her last name, but she and her husband, I think his name is Ben. He's a big guy. She's a little blonde. They uh, they have this, you know, I don't know, five or six seasons now of this television show, but they were kind of the keynote speakers. And she actually ended up with a television series through her blog. So it, it was wow. really inspiring. Yeah. Hmm. I actually am selfishly asking because I would love to host something similar. And so I'm like, tell who who spoke? Who could I reach out to to come yeah. be a guest to speak on that? So, yeah, I could actually g- I, there's a guy that I've taken an email course from that is amazing. And he speaks. He spoke at I think I met him first at Snap and then he was at the the other conference that I went to. But he, you know he would probably speak if you had an event like that. So, hmm, All right. And, yes. And yeah. his info. That'd be great. Yeah. We also had a uh, somebody pretty high up from Pinterest who spoke. And that was that super so cool. Yeah. So you use Pinterest too. Are you pretty savvy with Pinterest? Oh, I love Pinterest. I probably get about 20% of the traffic to my sites from Pinterest. So, hmm, and wow. I use Tailwind. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of that, but, mm-hmm. um, and actually now I have somebody who I am having to take care of that for me, but she just, she just goes through every week and loads up my tailwind board and, and then it all yeah. happens automatically. Yeah. Well, and at this point, so you've been in business long enough, ha- you have new content weekly, right? That's coming yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. I try to do three new posts a week minimum. So at least 12 a month, but it usually honestly ends up around 20 per month. So wow. So like what a new blog post three times a week? Yeah. So I have some things that I do regularly, like a block of the month, once a month, every Saturday, I do kind of a roundup post of lifestyle uh, articles, recipes, free quilting things. And Hmm. then I always do my favorites for the month where I highlight my most read posts and 
kind of what I'm loving in my personal life and what I've read. And Very cool. So that that's about seven or eight posts right there. So uh, then I do a, two podcast show notes. Yeah. Uh, so anything else is actually new content. So maybe only nine, nine or okay. 10 that are actually solid, you know, new content. And are you creating and writing those or do you have someone who does that for you? Nope. I do all of that. So that's kind of my first love. So, okay. Which leads me to the question how, about how many hours a week are you working? So I've really been working on that. Uh, <laughs> we have had a really busy year. We had three collections in one year, which had never happened. And I think we were kind of unprepared. And so in hindsight, we probably should have just done one YouTube video a week instead of two. And, you know, I should have cut back on some of the blogging, but we didn't. We just did everything we had been doing and so it was a really busy time and I was working a lot of hours. So I I started time tracking and really trying to push those hours lower and uh, got a few people assisting me with different things so that I can, you know, like I mentioned, the tailwind uh, mm-hmm. for Pinterest. I have somebody taking care of all of that. She's actually doing most of the work on my Facebook group too. Uh, nice. So that, that was great to be able to turn some of those things over. And so I would say around 25 to 30 hours a week if I'm not sewing with a new collection. Okay. So, so yeah. not even full time. And I'm curious for our listeners because, I mean, this is very good to hear, first of all, how much you're working. So I say not full time, but it is still a lot. Like you're doing a yeah. lot. Also, though, you've been doing this for a while, so you've got a routine. You have content that you have. And I really love that you're like, every Monday is block of the month. Or, you know, just kind of a routine of what you put out. So you're not always, like, scrambling for new ideas. Um, How, I mean, no numbers, but is this a lucrative career for you? Is this something that you could say to someone like, oh, absolutely, you could support a family with this? You mean just... Like one aspect of it or the whole thing, like just the blogging aspect? Let's say, well, let's do the whole pie. So all of the things that you do, and then we'll dive into which is the most lucrative. Right. So yeah, that's the whole piece of the pie. Yeah. So as far as revenue, um, I have my ad revenue, which is from the ads that are on my blog. So that is... uh, Probably 30% of my total revenue. And then I have uh, pattern sales, which probably is another 30%. And then I would say uh, fabric royalties and affiliate combined, it would be another 30%. So they're pretty evenly split. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do a lot of affiliate links in my posts. So whenever I'm sharing about a product, there's a good chance there's an affiliate link. So yeah, okay. but they're, they're pretty, I would say that's the three main ways that I make. And, you know, I do some teaching and speaking, but I've really cut back on that. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so hmm, it, it's basically cool. a pie and those are basically all even. So if, if I okay. put the affiliate with the royalties, so 
And then with the numbers, so about 20% comes from Pinterest. Do you know where the other 80% comes from? About 20, well, about 15% comes from YouTube. And then the rest of my traffic is really organic. So I, you know, I have worked a lot on search engine optimization and taken a lot of courses and on that and, you know, just trying to get on that first page of Google when somebody's searching for your topic. So very good. Uh, yeah, that yeah. is it's work, but it pays off over time, yeah. you know. So and I, and I mean, it didn't happen overnight. You know, like I said, the Google likes things that have been there for a long time. And I've been writing the blog since 2008. So that that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it is, which it's a long term game. But yeah, I think, you know, Google likes to see, oh, they're going to stick around, you know, they're not right. just going to be gone. So I can right. see that. Yeah. And then I'm curious. So it sounds like your pattern sales are doing well, which I really want to ask more about because I teach a pattern writing course. And the biggest one of the biggest questions that I get is, is there room for me? Like, can I have success? And I can hear some people in their minds thinking, well, Sherry's been around a while. She's a fabric designer. That's probably why. How? What has helped you have success with your quilt pattern sales? Um, yeah, just speak to that. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I would say there's always room for people, more people there. I'm amazed uh, all the time at things that you see and you're just like, wow, why didn't I think of that? You know? Mm-hmm. So I think there are, is always room for more people. As far as pattern sales, I feel like, and this is probably too true for Chelsea as well, that our pattern sales have really increased since we started focusing on YouTube because I just feel like there are so many quilters on YouTube now. And so we, if we post a video about a new pattern, you know, it's, it, that's probably a better platform for us than Instagram. And not that Instagram isn't a great place for quilters, but we, we really don't, either one of us really focus on that anymore because YouTube is so much better you know for promoting patterns so Hmm. yeah okay that's really interesting to hear I'll have to do some YouTube videos on pattern design and there's none that I know of definitely yeah that's really cool and I'm curious what what drives you with your business you know when the days are hard or you're feeling like oh why am I doing this why do you do what you do what do you love about it Wow. I guess I just love the whole creative process. Uh, I love writing. I love sewing. I love, yeah, I think it's just being able to do something that you love is, is the driving force. And you like YouTube is making, making those videos. That's fun for you. Well, we're really lucky because my son does all of that. He does all the filming, all the editing, he edits our podcast and he's kind of a perfectionist about the lighting and the sound. So yeah, we don't have to, all we have to do is stand there and make the, make the videos <laughs> and uh, give him the information to put in the description. So he's, he lucky. does. So we're really, really <laughs> lucky that, that he loves and enjoys doing that. So. Okay. And which part of your job would you say is maybe not your favorite or a little bit stressful? Oh, 
probably shipping. I, I would really love to bring someone on to do that. You know, uh, I have someone helping me right now with, like I mentioned, she helps with Facebook and, and Pinterest and, uh, you know, she'll stuff patterns for me and stuff too, but I'd really liked it when her kids are a little bit bigger, I'd like to have her come do my shipping. So nice. That is so smart. So, okay. I'll throw this out there. And if you're like, no, I don't want to say totally fine, but curious minds want to know when you launch a new pattern uh, in a given, let's say in the first week or two, how many patterns would you expect to sell? Wow, that's a good question because, you know, so many are PDF sales. And so sometimes I'm not very good at keeping track of PDF sales. Uh, right. And I really feel like those are the number. I feel like they sell three or four to one. Over. Okay, so you sell way more PDF. Yeah, a lot more PDFs. And it's in the hundreds, a new pattern in the first week, for sure. Okay. And when you order paper patterns, do you, how many do you order at once of one pattern? So that's such a guessing game, right? Because (laughs) especially now that printing has gone sky high, uh, we will usually order a thousand of everything and then just kind of, unless there's something that I'm really not sure of, I might just drop that one down to 500, but we'll usually order a thousand of everything and then wait and see if, you know, if it looks like we're going to, because it's so much cheaper if you can order in quantity, uh, oh, yeah. but then you don't want to get stuck with something exactly. that never a typo sells. Or, yeah, exactly. That too. Uh, or a typo, right. And yes. then you have to insert um, a correction slip in every pattern. So. Oh, that's, Okay, I usually just put it on my website. And at the oh, beginning of each yeah. pattern, I'll say, like, please check the website for pattern yeah. updates. But that's that's a little more, like, you'll make sure that they see that. Yeah. And no. do you order from Smart Press by chance? That's who I order I from. I do. Okay. I do. Do you use them too? Yeah. Or, and what are your paper patterns priced at? Oh, they're at $10 now. Unless Raise those prices. <laughs> unless they're extra long, I've got some at twelve fifty. But okay. I feel like they're not going to stay that way much longer because well, the price is the price. Yeah. Yeah. For us, it's gone up, you know, like, to- yeah, we have a new group of patterns coming out next month. And I feel like that's the last group that's going to be at this price point. So when I just raised my prices and my biggest hurdle fear was how do I tell the wholesale distributors? It actually was not a big deal. I just sent him an email saying I've changed my prices and that was that I was like oh yeah well, that was easier than I thought it was going to be so right yeah I did that too I just said you know hey th- this this went up to 10 it used to be nine sorry <laughs> but yep. and, and we get those emails all the time you know from fabric companies or whatnot saying the price of shipping has gone up and this and that right. so you know yeah I used to do all my patterns with free shipping and not anymore so it's Mm-mm. just you can't afford that. I don't no. think people realize what you're spending to print it. So, Oh, yeah. Well, and to ship. And it's funny. I mean, it's really funny talking to business owners outside of the quilting slash, slash crafting community. They're like, you're charging 
that's it for your product? What? Like how much time are you make spending on making this? And like, how much does it cost you to ship, to print it? And all, they're like, that's crazy. I'm like, I know the industry, the quilting industry, it's like they spend so much on fabric, but we're really afraid to charge for our patterns, you know? Right. So yeah. 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 I've recently raised that price. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I am curious, do, you've mentioned your son works for you doing the podcast or podcast and YouTube. Right. Pinterest. Do you have other people on your team as well? Um, I have a couple different people that help me with graphic design things. I used to do all my own patterns and all the everything. And now I've just been kind of turning actually 90% of that over to two different people who do that for me. And uh, they do an amazing job. And so, and it just gives me more time to design and create, which I would rather do than be sitting at my computer even longer, you know? Yes, I know. So how do you find these ghostwriters? Because again, my audience, they're they're pattern writers. They're like, how do I find someone like that, you know, who wants me to write the patterns? One is just a friend that I've known through blogging, basically almost from the beginning. So, uh, and I feel like with her, I feel like she just mentioned it on Instagram one time during the pandemic that she was doing some freelance work. And so I just emailed her and said, hey, uh, you know, could you do some for me? And, and she said, yeah. And uh, and the other one I actually kind of learned about through Moda. So it was someone that was doing writing for them. And so that's uh, when we were doing the Moda blockheads, she was always copied on the emails. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll ask her too. So uh, yeah, so that's how I found them. Yeah. How does one get to be a writer for Moda? Is it just word of mouth? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, she, this other girl, was affiliated with a group that was doing a lot of uh, sample sewing. They're based out of Indiana, I think, and so they were connected with Moda with sewing samples, and uh, so somehow that's how they, you know, I, I think I don't really know the whole story on that, but that's what I would guess. So it's always this underground hush hush, like. We just found out through, you know, I'm like, yeah. how do I get plugged into this little underground network? <laughs> yeah, I feel like when we had Quilt Market, though, those people would come around to your booth and say, hey, I do ghostwriting or I make samples. And so now I I would guess probably Instagram would be the best place to find. Yeah. So. Hmm, interesting. And yeah. samples, do you do most of your own sewing and quilting at this point or do you hire that out? No, I, I love doing the sewing. So I do 99%. I, yeah, I just, you know, I did that for other people. I did that for Joanna Figueroa and Camille Ross Kelly and also a little bit for Lori Holt. And it was so hard making those quilts and then not getting to keep them that I really thought when I, if I ever was in this position that I would just sew my own samples so that I could have them. And recently I've actually had someone who I met, I was teaching a class and she took the class from me, 
but she has been sewing things. Uh, Usually it's for me to show a different collection with a pattern than I originally designed it with. So for example, she's sewn now two of my Christmas patterns that I did with Christmas fabric and she's sewed them with either scrappy or one of them she just finished with our collection that's coming out in July. Uh, But I'm having her keep them so that, you know, so she sews them and, and then I get them quilted and photographed and I keep them for a while. And then when I'm done using them for marketing purposes, I give it back Mm -hmm. to her because I just feel so strongly like that. Like, uh, uh, they, your time is so valuable. And so if you're going to be sewing for somebody, I feel like you should be paid an hourly oh, an yeah. hourly rate or get to keep the quilt. So that that's kind of my... Uh, yeah. Did you get paid in the past when you did that? Or was it like just helping someone um, out? I, you know, I, I would never uh, complain, I guess I w- is the word, about the arrangement that I had with those three designers because... I made the arrangement and I was happy to sew for patterns and fabric at the time. Looking back, looking back, I think like, oh, the me today would have told the me then don't do it, you know, but, but I was happy doing it then. And it was, it was fine. And they were wonderful, all three of them to work with. So. Oh, yeah. and I feel like in just the past few years, there's been more of a realization, awakening of like, wait a minute, it's totally fine if there's a hobbyist who, in my opinion, who just wants to quilt and sew and they love it and they're happy to do that for free. But like for me, I run a business. And so I feel like if I am going to hire someone to make something, I, I would pay them to do that, you know, right. which then motivates me to find someone who's quick and efficient and can do it well. So I'm not paying for like all this time, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, but I do feel like that's a newer thing in our industry is like, well, wait a minute, it, you should probably pay people. It was much more common to just, oh, I'll give you this free pattern and fabric, you know, right. and some people still are fine with that. Some people are happy right. to do that. And who am I to take that away from them, you know? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the same feeling, you know, if they're happy with it, then, then, and that's a good arrangement for them, then that's fine. Cause I was happy with that for several years. So, yep. you know, yep. Uh, yep. I but, agree. But yeah, I also yeah. sometimes feel though women undervalue their time. So I do too. Yeah. I know. Well, absolutely. It's very, okay. I'm actually curious. <laughs> I love how I bring out these controversial things. <sighs> okay. So um, have you gotten grief ever for what you charge for anything? Like, I can't believe you charge this much for that. Oh, uh, you know, occasionally you get the emails through the pattern shop that, you know, that they feel like it's high priced and, you know, you just, you have to have good customer service and be nice, but yeah, uh, I think I think it's just an an understanding that they don't have of all the time that goes into something like that. So mm-hmm. I, I do get some complaints about the ads on my blog sometimes, and I just want to say, like, really, I'm you know I'm spending twenty hours doing this. I I can't do it for nothing. You're getting all of this free material. You know, yep. just 
deal with the ads. Right. I mean, you could have it be paid content where they could pay to get access to that, but you're giving it for free, you know? So this is like a way to provide that free service for them, you know? But it's hard, again, that customer. Yeah. I mean, mean, with all of the new innovations in paid email and paid, you know, I've thought about that, having paid blog content where it's ad-free, you know, Mm -hmm. and and maybe that is where it will go in the future. I don't know. Uh, I feel like my ad companies, yeah, they're pretty innovative. It sounds like they're going to start bringing on brands to work with us. So, for example, they asked... They did a survey and said, what what brand would you like to work with? And one that I mentioned was Container Store because, you know, we can get so many products to store our quilting items mm-hmm. from Container Store. So we'll see if that works out. Who knows? But oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Well, well. I'll have to chat more. But if you did do a paid blog, would you have, here's the free one for those who want to see the ads. And if you want it ad-free, you can pay and go here and have no ads. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I would do. And I I think WordPress has the capability to do that now. And I just don't, it's coming up with that price point, you know, what would they pay to have that without ads? You know, it's interesting. Well, first of all, the best advice I ever heard from someone else, never ask your audience what would they pay? Because they're always going to go. No one wants to pay for anything. Right. You know, right. Like you could have the most amazing thing. How much do you want to pay? Nothing. You know, right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's that is very interesting. But anyhow, so many topics to think about because blogging and YouTube, it's so much content for free. Yeah. But yet you're able to monetize, you know. Anyhow, yeah. it's, it's such we, a... We were super lucky that our YouTube got monetized the day before everything shut down for the pandemic. Oh, you it, are it was, lucky. No way. It was just <laughs> such a blessing. And we only had about 4,000 subscribers then. And my son emailed me and he said, hey, you know, I, I got the email. <clears throat> our channel just got monetized. I guess we'll have to do more videos. And I said, yeah, that, that would be great. And then the next day... Uh, you know, the state of Nevada just shut down everything. And so he called me back and he said, well, I'm working from home. I guess I could work from your house a couple days a week and we could film. And so because of COVID really, you know, we're, we're up to, we're over 85,000 now. So, whoa, it, it really just skyrocketed during the pandemic. So that was serendipitous. Uh, that <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's a amazing. good source of income for my son. So <laughs> yeah, and for you. So I'm curious, what advice do you have for someone who is a beginning quilt pattern writer or someone in the quilting industry, you know, who's wanting to get started? Wow. I think, you know, be in it for the long game. Realize that success isn't, I mean, sometimes it happens pretty quickly. You see people, but don't let that be your guidepost. Just be prepared with a long game. Uh, I think, honestly, submitting to magazines, I, I did that before I published a pattern on my own and got things published in magazines. So I think that's a great way to get your foot in the door uh, because mm-hmm. also it's so nice because they do all the diagram. You know, what you have to send them isn't as detailed as what you would put in a pattern. And then... Yep. And then you also get those rights back 
six months down the road and can publish that. So I think that's a great way to get your foot in the door. Agreed. And I'm curious what you would say to someone who doesn't have a lot of followers on social media um, or an email list. What what advice do you have? Is that important? How would you grow it if it is important? Yeah, well, I should have started an email list a long time ago. That was one of the things looking back that I did wrong was I didn't concentrate on email enough in the beginning. So even if you, yeah, I would say, because you can have an email list without having a blog, you can, you know, the, I use ConvertKit, but they have all of these different landing pages and forms that you can use on Instagram or on a website to collect your emails without having a website. And, uh, and you can segment those lists as to how they came in and, you know, just really, I feel like, you know, you're not spamming somebody if you're sending them an email and you're giving them content. If you're sending them links to uh, significant content, whether it's your own or somebody else's or telling them about a pattern sale, that that's not spam. That's providing them a service. So yep. I feel like I probably sent too few emails for a long time. And that's one thing that I really worked on during the last half of 2022. I feel like it gets summer and I start working on my email. So, but Mm -hmm. uh, to gear up for the the holiday season, but yeah, I would definitely say that is somewhere you should start very first is with an email list. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. And for social media, how important are the followers there? Yeah. See, I'm, I'm super lucky because I jumped on Instagram right away. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got my following up without a lot of effort just because I've been there for a lot of time. Uh, I've never done a reel ever. I just refuse. I love it. To, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just refuse to, to do that when I can do a video for YouTube and make money. Why would yep, I, you know, true. And I know it's, you know, Instagram, you can make money too, and they keep you know, they reach out all the time. We want to pay you for that. But to me, they don't do that anymore. They stop oh, doing they that. Don't? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I never wanted to be tied to the algorithm and spend a long amount of time a day uh, putting content there when I could just actually be creating products with my time. So, yeah. So, uh, I'm torn on the Instagram thing because I will admit I have grown my business through Instagram, right? Right. But when I send something out via email and post, and I've tried it, like I'll post first on Instagram and then email and other times I'll post on vice versa. Email hands down, I get way more sales. I just do. So I can't deny that Instagram hasn't helped and opened doors. And, you know, having a larger audience gives some sort of validity, but it's not the end all be all. And I love when I find people who have a a small audience and they're uber successful. I'm like, it's not necessary. It doesn't hurt to have a large audience, but it's not necessary, I feel like. Right. I I think you can have fewer followers on Instagram, but if they're very uh, loyal, then that that's just fine. So I don't think the number should ever be your worry. Mm-hmm. And and I would never give up Instagram completely. 
I just right. feel like I really try to time-wise make sure that it's not taking more time than it should because like you said, I've tested it with posting a pattern sale on Instagram and sending out an email and the email is 10 to one. So Hmm. uh, I'm very intrigued by YouTube now. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. We'll we'll see where this leads me. This is what happens when I chat with you. I'm like a blog. Uh, Ooh, (laughs) YouTube. got to try it. (laughs) Yeah. I just feel like Chelsea and I both feel like that is what has grown our businesses the most over the past few years is YouTube. And mm-hmm. we kind of have this goal to get to 100,000 subscribers by the end of the year. And uh, I'll go subscribe. Yeah, so, we'll yeah. put a link to your YouTube <laughs> yeah. channel in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, Everyone go subscribe. But, Let's get that going. Yeah. And, and it's so funny because sometimes uh, we do videos and the other one doesn't really know when, when the other person's video is going to post, my son does the scheduling and all that. So, and you know, I've done a video with, and used one of her patterns and she'll call me and she'll say, Hey, I woke up to all these pattern sales. Thanks for <laughs> putting my pattern in your video. <laughs> you know? so. It's funny. It's because sometimes some days I'll have like a, an influx of sales on a certain pattern. I'm like, someone somewhere is doing something with this pattern. I don't know who right. or where, but thank you, whoever you are. Yes. <laughs> so a YouTube channel, though, I can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like... Yeah, I would definitely say YouTube is, has, and you know, when you think about it, you look at Jenny Doan of Missouri Star, YouTube yep. is really what propelled her entire business yep. in the beginning. So I'm thinking, wow, I should have just followed, done what she was doing way back then, you know. But who knew back then, you know? <laughs> no, like, but yeah, nobody knew. Yeah. And so I'm always curious, what's the thing right now that we're all just like, huh? And now down the road, we'll be like, oh, dang, we should have done that. You know, exactly. Like, wh- what is it? <laughs> right. If only I we knew. I feel like it it's might like be courses. Market. You know, I'm working on a couple courses this summer. So yeah. Well, and memberships, hoping... those are very lucrative. And it's oh, yeah. I have, residual. Yeah. I have a Patreon group that's wonderful. And how uh, does that work? What is Patreon? It's basically like a membership site. So, you know, I can uh, post messages. I can give them PDFs there. We can have conversations. And then uh, I do a monthly Zoom with them. And Hmm. we can, uh, we actually use Zoom for that. And then I post the link on Patreon. So they're not actually watching it in the site, but they get the link through the site and I will do pattern discounts for them and stuff like that. So it, it's been really a good community. So yeah. Do, is it like they pay what they want or there's a set fee? No, there's a set fee. It's like $10 a month. So hmm. and okay, Patreon cool. takes a little bit of that, you know, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. But it, it works out really well because I just felt like once the Facebook group started growing to where I couldn't really keep up with it. I just thought I would still like some community, right, that I could mm-hmm. have time to interact with. And so this is a group that I can handle, you know, so. Right. Well, and I don't know about you, but for me, one of the most rewarding parts, uh, it's the relationships. And so I don't right. want to take that away, but finding a way that makes it work, you know, where like, right. oh, I, I could spend my time doing that. It makes sense because I'm able to earn an income while doing it, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. 
Yeah. With a smaller group, it's really doable. And, you know, if they're not happy, they can leave at any time. I feel like it's great. I feel like I'm giving them $10 worth of value a month between the the free pattern every month and the hour Zoom. So to me... I am not bothered if somebody wants to leave because it seems like somebody else is always coming in. So, Is it Uh, capped at how many people? No, it's not capped. I probably, you know, if it got too big, I'd probably have to reevaluate. Yeah. Awesome. Well, for our listeners, where, how can they find you? Yes. So they can find me. Everything is a quilting life. So the blog is a quilting life. Dot com and the YouTube is YouTube backslash a quilting life and Instagram is at a quilting life. Uh, Pinterest is er, er, Facebook, everything a quilting life. And your podcast, so, a quilting life as well. A, yes, the podcast is the a quilting life podcast, and we're on all the platforms iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all of them. So awesome. Yeah, we do the video version on YouTube too. Which I'm very envious of your son being able to do that. Because I looked into doing the video, which granted, I'm in my closet, so I'd really have to change things up a bit. But but it's not easy to find someone who can do the video and the just the vocals. So very envious of your son. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So they can check out the visual on YouTube as well. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been so fun. Thank you for being here and sharing your experience and everything with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy talking with you. I will just have to get together and just do some mini chats just about ideas sometimes. I would love that. Yes, please. Thank you so much, Sherry. Okay, thank you. Thank you.